In the spirit of reconciliation, Dish the Dirt acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to the land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Hello and welcome to Dish the Dirt, a podcast about local flower growers, their stories, knowledge and insights into the industry. I'm your host Rebecca and today we are speaking to Lucy from Pennyweight Farm, located in Franklin Ford in central Victoria. They use regenerative and bee-friendly methods where they grow delicate sweet peas to giant sunflowers. They value beauty over utility always. Lucy is always a delight to speak to. I have loved buying her blooms and I especially adore the foxgloves that she grows. Um, We did try to record a few times, but both have very busy families. So I'm so glad I finally caught up with you, Lucy. Also today is her birthday. So happy birthday to you. I hope it's as blooming fabulous as you are, Lucy. Okay, let's get into it. Hello. 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 I'm good. How are you? Finally, we've managed to. I know. Finally, we've managed to do this. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) We always get there in the end. (laughs) Yeah, great kids. I know. Who would have them, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Only only mothers. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And mine wouldn't go to bed tonight, so there you go. Yeah, yeah, but mine will probably come in and demand to go to bed now. So. Oh, great. That's right, keep them, keep them away. Um, so I want to know so much about your farm because although I feel like I do know you, I don't know a lot about your story or um, sort of how you came across your property or anything. So if, do you want to start us off with that? sort of your background and why you got to how you became a flower farmer sure um <laughs> i i came from a a strange route i guess i have a background as a research scientist yeah. um i am a botanist and vegetation ecologist by training so i've you know, did my phd at the botanic gardens in sydney and um Worked in research up there for quite a while, but then, you know, I had a kid. Um, Our house in Sydney was minuscule and my partner was working for Telstra and we were both just like, right, we need to do something different. And at the time he was able to take his job anywhere um, and my family were in Melbourne and we were like, right, okay, let's go. Let's go rural, having only ever lived in the city and... We came to have a look down here one, um, yeah, I think it was over Easter, and you know, just looking and found this place and it was, you know, we went, ah, oh, it's too rural. Like you, you drive <laughs> through a farmyard to um, to get here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all wrong. It's, it feels all wrong. And then it just started to feel right, I think. And as is loading up my way, um we dither and then we dump and so we bought it from Sydney having only viewed it for 20 minutes and wow yeah 
and we came here um and yeah and so that was that was you know um Flynn my eldest was not yet one and Lloyd was still working in his job as a uh business analyst so now yeah. you know he was doing that and I was thinking I'd get back into research somewhere somehow at universities but yeah happened and so we'd been here for a while and you know I I got a job at Ballarat Uni for a while but wasn't really the same as what I'd been doing in my previous um yeah just found it, found it quite hard I think like often often as you know Women, you have your career, you have a baby, and then things shift. Yeah, I can't, either can't go back to where you were, and that's certainly what I found. I'd I'd been out of where I was for too long um, to go back to the level I was working at, and the jobs that were around here, I was too qualified for. So I kept getting knocked back for jobs that I could, you know, I really felt Easily I could do. do. Yeah, just was t- driving me nuts. I was getting so frustrated and. You know, loved where we were living and loved the the um, community we've got here and was you know, really enjoying it. But yeah, it was I was getting so irritated and yeah, like what am I going to do? I spent all this time doing all this you know study and I've got all this experience and getting really getting really annoyed. And then I was having a rant to one of my friends one day and you know, as you do, yeah. <laughs> she, said, she said to me, "Um, did you want to be when you were?" When you were a kid, like what did you used to say when people said, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, oh, I wanted to be a florist. And she said, oh, you should should grow flowers. And it was just an off-the-cuff remark and she doesn't even remember saying it. I was like, but you changed my life. (laughs) Because I thought, wow, I should grow flowers. And, um, And I just started, I thought, you know, I just can't keep beating my head against against this wall of, yeah, and getting yeah, you know, and, and it was turning something that I'd love, which I loved my research career. I, I really enjoyed it, but it was turning it into something that I was just getting so angry about, um, and spoiling what had been good. And yeah, I just thought, you know what? Maybe I'm going to grow flowers, and yeah, it started from there. So very you know, haphazard. We didn't say, okay, we're going flower growers and search for the perfect property or do any of those things. We just kind of stumbled into it. Yeah, here I am. So that was Amazing. four years ago that I decided I was going to yeah, have a trial year and see if I could grow anything. And I've always been a gardener um, and you know, obviously I'm into plants. But, yeah, so it's, yeah, that's where I am. Ah, oh, amazing. So have you found having your um, background has helped you with the flower farming? Does I it, think it does. Do, yeah. yeah. Does it kind of crossover into it or not really at all it does a bit mm. um not as much as people think it does I guess um, yeah it means that I can read you know if I decide I want to research something it means I can you know I can read the papers and I can understand what's what they're on about and I can actually look at it from a you know if I wanted to get into an academic part of it I can, I can follow it and I've, yeah. I've got that but in terms of um, you know of actually growing plant, you know, growing plants, not really. Yeah, um, yeah. Because what I used to do was work on wetlands and work on aquatic vegetation, and yeah, so it's pretty different. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at swamps to, to 
<laughs> growing that is. But, yeah, um, very different. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I guess it does in that I've got that basic knowledge. But that's, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, the biggest thing, and I think this is probably in everything, is that, you know, working with people who are, were into plants and working at the Botanic Gardens, so I know, you know, I've got friends who are, are horticultural good knowledge. That's probably served me better than my actual you know, academic stuff, I reckon. Yeah. It's making those connections with people, being yeah. able to pick their brains, yeah. So when you first started, how did you begin? So you decided you wanted to be a flower farmer and you kind of went for it. Did you just dig in one bed and go that way or did you put in kind of how big did you start? Well, tiny. Um, mm. Ivy, my now four-year-old, was a baby, like a little, little baby. And so I just, you know, wanted to get outside and wanted to do something. So I dug, I think I dug two beds. I had, you know, in different spots in the garden, um, and yeah, put some dahlia. I'd never grown a dahlia. Yeah. It's hard to believe. <laughs> I'd never grown a dahlia and, and like everyone I'm obsessed with them. But this blows my mind that all of the people I've spoken to have never done this before. And then now you just grow yeah. these amazing flowers. It really does blow my mind. I'm hoping that this can kind of. I don't know, I can somehow get your amazingness through the through this podcast <laughs> into my gardening because You can do it, Brett. You can do it. You no, just have I to try. Can, I cannot, honestly. <laughs> and, and you have to you have to understand that you will kill lots of plants. <laughs> oh, I've killed my fair share already, I think. Yes, so have I. I've so many. It's really frustrating. Um, but, yeah, I just tried. I just had a play and I wasn't selling. Yeah, I wasn't selling. Yeah, I was just playing and mm. um, yeah, making bunches for friends. And then my neighbour who is uh, um, into marketing and, H- and um, you know, PR, I just was saying, does anyone want dahlias? And she's like, yes, but I'm going to buy them. I was like, no, you're not. Yes, I am. And she said, I'm going to, you're going to make, give me a bunch and I'm going to look at them and work out how much they're worth and I'm going to put the money in your letterbox. And and it was great. It, you know, that made me that made me sell them. I think, yeah. I think I wouldn't have done it otherwise. Yeah. So how did yeah. you start to sell them? So you sold them to her and then who did you approach yeah, next? I think it was a few friends um we're interested uh you were my first florist that oh, i sold to awesome. um it was it was great and it was yeah. it was terrifying oh, oh, really? absolutely <laughs> terrifying not you oh, God. <laughs> just this, it was really interesting like just this product that i'd you know poured my heart and soul into and yeah. i was putting it out in the world and i didn't know i mean i thought they were beautiful but I didn't know if they were any good, and it was yeah. uh, it was really nerve wracking. It's terrifying putting your you know, your babies out there. But yeah, oh yeah, the first I feel that a lot. <laughs> I think we all do, don't we? Yeah. But it's just, yeah. I don't know. It was I felt it so much more with something I'd grown than than I ever did with you know any of my academic stuff. Like mm. yeah, it was it was personal. It, it, you know, it mattered that they were that they were were okay. Um, yeah. Else did I do it? I think I just got to go know, um, you know, Haley from the Rook Blooms and Janae from Fred Lionville, and um, and you know, through their contacts, I was able to pop up their orders if they needed a few yeah. extra things. Um, 
sort of not so much, and then just started selling to retail to people who were wanting them. Um, yeah. And then a few, I did a few weddings over the last, yeah, before the world fell apart. I did a few weddings over the yeah. season, and um, also all people know, like I, you know, I'm. I'm not game. I, I'm not a florist. I have the most oh, incredible I. respect for you guys. No, so you, I'm not a florist. Yeah, you are. <laughs> so, well, I'm you may not have a, so. Yeah, <laughs> you may not have a piece of paper, but you're a florist. <laughs> um, that experience is, is huge. And I have, you know, I had such a lot of respect for you guys anyway, but yeah. trying to do a wedding, like, oh, my God, like, how do you do it? Weekend after weekend, I just... I don't know how See, you do it. See, I but... feel the same way about you. So I think. It's, oh, there you go. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I look at these flowers that you grow and I think, how did you do this? <laughs> <laughs> how is this? How did, the patience, I think that's one thing that I really yeah, respect right. is how much patience you must have to do a job like this. Yeah. Because it's, it's not overnight. Yeah, no. exactly. Yeah, whereas I can make my bunch of flowers that day and, you know, feel satisfied, whereas I'm out there looking at my stuff I've got in at the moment because I've just got some sweet peas, which I'm looking at constantly every day. I'm like, why have you not grown? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> I can't I do handle that it. I'm about yeah. to, like, rip them out. Like, I just no, can't. be patient. <laughs> I'm doing the same. I, I direct sowed some larkspur and then, you know, nothing's happening. And I'm like, you know, are they, are they there? Are they even there? Are they coming up? <laughs> Out on hands and knees, like peering into the dirt, just looking yeah. for a little bit of green. Yeah. So, what do you have in the ground now? Like, not right now, but just kind of all through the seasons. What do you grow? I grow a bit of everything. Yeah. And it changes. It's been changing, you know, each season. It's sort of, I invested in some roses last winter. A, a very small rose patch by. Um, you know, grow up, you know, commercial grower standards, but I, I love roses and I just oh, so do I. wanted them for myself as much as as to be able to sell them. I just, yeah, I love them. And so that was, that's been amazing. Um, and so I've got roses, I have daffs, a few tulips, um, ranunculus, anemones, lots of, lots of spring things, and poppies. Yeah. Else, larkspurs, lots of different pillars, but yeah, um, I just invested not many again, but just I love the variety. And I've got, I think, like all of us, you know, I've got FOMO, and I I sort of don't know whether that as a business model it's best to concentrate on a few different things and grow them really well. And a problem applying. If your main um, business is supplying florists, but yeah. for me, I love to try everything, and I think it spreads the risk a bit as well if you're growing lots of different things because it seems to me that every year something gets eaten. Um, yeah. You've got a range of things. Hopefully, not everything gets eaten. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have you come across anything really disastrous? Anything that you've had to kind of think on your feet for or a pest that's come through that you've really had to deal with do you use chemicals or anything on your farm i i try really hard 
use chemicals mm. um, of any kind, but I have had, you know, pyrethrum and the kind of the least toxic sort of organically allowed sprays yeah. at, in, at times. Um, not too much, and I've, I always prefer to try and, you know, buy some beneficial insects and see if there's any other ways that I can, can knock things out. But if you've got, you know... Thrips, thrips were a nightmare last year. Yeah. Um, many people, and I think it does seem to be, you know, it's different seasons. You get a different pest that's really, really going, you know, to just to damage your crops. Um, yeah. So you can red-legged earth mites. I've have been a, a nightmare, and I can see them coming up again. Oh, no. But I don't know. How do you battle those? No, oh. <laughs> oh, well, if anyone out there in podcast land knows, maybe yeah, they can. No, no. <laughs> I think there are. I think there are real. I think there are real problem nest in lots of agriculture. I've been been reading up about them because that's what I do, and um, I think there's like whole. You know, there are real pests for pastures as well, and they're getting insect. You know, they're getting resistant to insecticides, and so it's oh, sort of wow. a bit of a battle to. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm trying not because I think it's, you know, if you spray them too much, then you just get a ones that are, that are harder to kill. Yeah. But um, well, I haven't had to spray, I haven't had any out there. And, or just sometimes I just pull crops out if they're getting hammered and I think, right, I don't want you spreading to, to everything else. Yeah. You just have to pull that, you know, that crop out and say, okay. I'm not having cornflowers this year, and that, that's sort of the point I'm at with my rotten little mites at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's all right. I can live without them. So you said you can buy insects. Where can you buy insects from, and what kind of insects can you buy? Yeah, there's a few um, biological companies yeah. um, in you know, in Australia, and they're great. Like they do, you know, you can. I think last year I bought a heap of ladybirds, oh, wow. and yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So if you're got an aphid aphid infestation, you can you know you can up your ladybird population rather than you know, having to wait it out until they arrive naturally. You can you, know, you can buy some. What um, a few other things which I can't even think what they were at the moment. Yeah. But it was dependent on the, the pests I had, but but yeah, I think it's a you know. A great way to do it if you can, but yeah, crazy. You know, you go to the post office and you're getting <laughs> Thing of bugs like, in the yeah. mail. <laughs> <laughs> your box oh, full of ladybirds. Yeah. What's in your box? <laughs> <laughs> Don't drop them. <laughs> so, if you um, could pass on anything to somebody who was thinking about growing flowers or had started out growing flowers, what would you tell them? What would you pass on to them? I think I'd say make sure that you've got another source of income. Mm. Don't think that you're going to make money straight away because you are going to keep ploughing things like every business that you start. It's, you know, yeah, you end up ploughing a lot back into it um, and patience and just do it. I think, I, I think, yeah, we all kind of go into this fantasy. Yeah, you see the beautiful images of people wafting around in linen aprons picking you know, armloads of flowers and I reckon I've done that twice. <laughs> <laughs> and it's only because I've been, you know, 
on my way to a picnic and I need to take something with me. (laughs) Normally you're out there, you know, filthy and in your overalls or you're just, there's nothing glamorous about (laughs) it. Yeah, or it's 40 degrees or it's pouring rain. Yeah, or it's, it's, you know, minus three. It's just, yeah, one or the other. But um, So I think you don't go into it thinking it's going to be a, a beautiful, glamorous experience. But, you know, I think most gardeners are pretty practical, and if you if you can garden, it's a it's pretty satisfying. Um, yeah, but, but patience and and just expect that you're going to kill a lot of plants, and you know, it will break your heart, but it's yeah. okay, and and it's how you learn, I guess. Yeah. So going back to kind of the money aspect, um, how have you have you managed to sort of make it financially viable for you now, or are you still on that journey? Are you doing anything? Have you yeah, diversified into selling your flowers in other ways? Yeah, I, I think um, for like so many people, well, everybody, mm-hmm. the um, you know, COVID has has changed everything oh, yeah, and completely. Like you guys, yeah, just everything stopped, didn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, you know, all the weddings that we had planned were just gone, and so yeah, I think like everyone, I I just yeah had a had a fit for a few weeks and thought, what am I going to do? Um, and for me, I just had my dahlias had just started, you know, and were looking incredible and I just didn't want to have to leave them doing nothing. So I, I for me, I just posted a, a little bit on one of my local Facebook pages saying, right, you know, all my weddings have gone, the orders have gone, I've got all these dahlias, who wants some? And... Just the most incredible support from local communities of, and I just kept selling out. Like selling retail was amazing. Yeah, you know, whereas I, I think I'd never been game to put them, you know, really out there before. I didn't want to be competing with the florists in my local small towns. So I just that sort of wasn't where I was going for. But just you know, as soon as I did that, people were willing to drive out to the farm. They were, I sold out every time that I just put out. Okay, I've got flowers, you know, who wants some? Um, and I think for me that's been a, a real eye-opener that that what I thought was, you know, the flowers I love and are appreciated by by a huge range of people. Yeah. Um, and so going forward I am, I've um, pulled some money out of my super as there's got to be pluses to this COVID yeah. craziness. <laughs> Definitely. Right. Okay. And JobKeeper, I have to say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for that. Yeah. Um, but uh, so and getting uh, one of my, I've got you know, a lot of sheds on our farm and I'm, you know, I knew I wanted to convert one of them into a shop, but so I'm never going to have time for this. Um, you know, I've got small kids and this, I think this is the fifth time you and I have tried to record yeah, this. Yeah, it really kids is. keep getting in the way. Yeah, kids get in the way of <laughs> everything. Just, <laughs> they do. And so sort of being able to have that money, I'm like, right, I'm going to pay my neighbours who are builders to, to develop this shed into a shop for me. And so that's my sort of new thing going oh, forward. I'm is so that, right, excited I'm going, for you. That's great. Really excited yeah. too. I, um, because I just keep getting people, I think, you know, I live between two tourist towns in a way. Um, and so, you know, when we have tourists again, um, people are keen to come and they're keen to come and buy and they're keen to come 
I have, you know, I had a farm stand and they're always keen to come to that. And so I just thought, actually, I, I do want to have a bit of a shop where, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm not going to be selling elaborate arrangements, but where I can sell beautiful, fresh flowers and and it's easy for me too, yeah. in a way. I It's exhausting going to markets. I love it, but it takes, you know, it takes the whole weekend. And um, whereas hopefully by being on the farm and people coming to us, that's sort of something I'm going to aim for. But Yeah, wonderful. Who Will knows? you still sell to florists or you think you'll just keep Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think, you know, I think I'm, yeah, diversity. Yeah. Everything, diversity in, in crops and diversity in, in sales channels for sure. I, I'll still take florists um, and I'll still, I'll still probably offer, um, you know, small, Simple weddings, I, I've really enjoyed them. I love the exhausting, but I've I've loved the delight that people handing a bride her bouquet and seeing her tear up is pretty special, isn't yeah. it? Like it's, yeah, it's pretty um, nice. Yeah, I miss it at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, kind of affirmation that what you do is is good yeah. is um is really important. So, yeah. Oh, that was a lot of waffle. I don't, I don't no, know. Very but they're exciting. My, they're my thoughts of where we'll go. Yeah, um, very exciting. It is exciting. Uh, yeah. So I guess you've we'll answered see. what do you love the most about your job, really? Um, is that just kind of seeing the look on people's faces when they pick up your flowers or is there something else that you really love that drives no, you? Absolutely. Yeah, I love being out there and I love I love flowers, you know, I'd, I was uh, I was talking to a friend and saying I didn't realise that not everyone had their heart skip a beat when they saw a poppy. Like just yeah. going, no, you're weird. And, oh, okay. <laughs> See them and go, oh. Um, so I, yeah, I love flowers, but yeah, that emotional connection it's pretty huge. And at the height of the lockdown, it was you know it was Mother's Day and no one could get flowers, and it was it was mayhem, and no one could see their mum, and so it was. It was a huge thing. I had people ringing me and or messaging me at you know one a.m. Wow. desperate for flowers. It was yeah, it was full on. But yeah. I you know I delivered flowers to a to a nana, and I could only give her a tiny little bunch. But it was with a, a flower subscription that her daughter had bought for her for um, bouquets to be delivered you know, every fortnight mm. once the season starts. And she just teared up and her daughter rang me and she said just thank you know, thank me for, for doing that and I thought actually flowers I always think flowers are really frivolous and I love them but you know, they're really frivolous and why are we doing them and shouldn't that be great food and yada yada but but when you see that kind of emotional response from someone it's so important and yeah I don't know there's yeah there's something about them so, yeah yeah that is I, great I for love people's that. mental health I think definitely um and I think it's a good point that you made about over that Mother's Day craziness, I think if we were supporting more local farms more often, perhaps we wouldn't have that shortage of flowers that we did have on Mother's Day. Because, Telling, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so many people buy imported flowers and when that stopped, yeah, it's a bit shocking really. So hopefully. A bit shocking. Yeah. yeah hope- hopefully that's something good that will come out of it, that it is more obvious that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think most people don't realise how many yeah. um, flowers are imported. I certainly didn't until I got into the industry. It just didn't even cross my mind that that would be a, 
a thing that you yeah. would put flowers on a plane. Like it's craziness. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, so do I. And I hope doing things like this and just talking to local growers makes a change. Like hopefully even if it changed one person's thought process into when they go into their florist, if they just say, oh, is this grown locally and ask those questions rather than um, just picking up anything and thinking it just comes from down the road when it doesn't. I think that is the, the thing, isn't it? The lack of labelling, so you don't know. Um, yeah. And think about, you know, we're talking about growing roses. Um, when I think about roses that I'd bought in the past and I couldn't understand why they didn't, you know, behave like my mum's garden roses did, you know. They just they would just kind of zombify. They wouldn't even open. They would just, mm. I don't know, they if you know, they're just dead, aren't they? They're dead before you get them. Yeah. Um, and if they're not dead before, then maybe they're full of bugs, which is also a bit scary, the whole sort of biosecurity aspect of, of yeah. importing flowers. Um, yeah. Have you seen that make a difference on the um, Australian like flowers, anything that's come through that you know of that's been a real... Yeah, I mean, thrips. Yeah, yeah thrips, the, the Western flower thrips, we didn't have them. They came in on imported flowers. Okay. Um, but it's not, it's pretty recent um, and they're devastating in terms of what they can do to your crop. Um, yeah, what can I'm they sure do? I'm sure there's others. Because so I've got no idea. Oh, just for, so if you, particularly if you've got a pale um, flower, so, you know, trying to grow a white dahlia or a white rose, they just, they're completely unusable. They they discolour them. Um, they, they're sap suckers. They they take everything out of your flowers, and they just. But often you don't know until they start to open. So you think it's okay, and you pick it, and then you cook inside, and it just goes, it's, you oh. know, brown and, and and dead on the edges. So it's a real, yeah, that they're a real bugger to to have to mm. to deal with. And and I, yeah, I believe they came in on a on a flower importation. Um, yeah, not good. No, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So this is a question I've just been sort of asking everyone. If you had to leave yeah. your farm really quickly, like in the middle of the night or whenever, I don't know, or if you were going to a desert island, what three seeds or three plants or three tubers or whatever, three of something would you take? Or three, you know, separate things. Oh, um. If I was to pick three flowers, I couldn't be without cosmos. I just love them. Oh, They're so, so happy. <laughs> they just are, something aren't about they? Them. They're just so pretty. Like there's something so pretty about a cosmos. Yeah, They're so, so pretty and just so kind of unfussy. And yeah, I love them. Yeah. Um, so cosmos, poppies, because I just you know I'm terrible at. I love them and I would be determined to conquer the growing of them on my desert island. <laughs> I know what it is. Do they grow in sand? <laughs> no. You it doesn't have to grow in sand. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah. But roses, I think that yeah. would be my, if I could, yeah, I, roses have a real sentimental um, significance for me I guess my mum who died oh, nearly 20 years ago she adored roses and so I have a, a real fondness for them and I love yeah. them too. Do you so, have a favourite? So that would be my thing. So. A favourite rose? Oh, oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Um, I love I, I love um, Cecil yeah. Brunner, the the tiny little pink um, rose. I love just Joey. Oh, no, I can't pick them. I love them all. I love Graham Thomas, that yellow kind of oh, lush so rose. Pretty. Yeah. Oh, yeah, gorgeous. They've got to be scented though. I'm a, I don't see the point yeah. if they're not. Even yeah, they're beautiful, but for me, if they don't have a scent, there's just yeah, a bit of a dimension missing. Um, and yeah. do you have a favourite tool on your farm? I think it's my my hoary hoary knife. Mm, it sounds dangerous. It's really, <laughs> it is dangerous. You could oh, kill God. someone with it. <laughs> so it's really sharp, and one side is serrated, and the other side is just sharp. And it's mine's got um, measurements on it, so I can measure my planting distances. But it's great. You can you know get in one side and really you know chop out a weed, or you can plant with it. Um, you can, yeah, you can use it for spacing and it's great. I love it. It's a really a good tool for, you know, if I only pick one tool, then okay. that one does it does most of It sounds me. pretty yeah. cool. Sounds pretty tough. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. really, but it, looks, it looks like some kind of, you know, <laughs> um, And then uh, who inspires you the most or has inspired you on this journey the most? I think it's, I think it's my my fellow flower growers. Yeah. To be honest, I we've been so lucky to have kind of stumbled into a good community of of mostly women, mostly mums, all mums actually, all in second or third careers, and just and just doing it. You know, there's we're all doing things that that you never think you're going to be having a conversation about. You know. Oh, I got this amazing manure. I'm doing this, I'm doing that, or I had to build do this or build this. Um, and they, I, I, yeah, draw enormous inspiration from from my peers. Yeah. I think there's, you know, and there's some pretty famous ones out there too. I, you know, I, I love watching the, you know, I'd look at a, a floret video at any time and see her amazing. Um, property and what she's done for the local flower movement um and there's some really fabulous eco uh growers that i think are amazing having really sustainable farms and but yeah for my for the people who inspire me it's it is it's the it's the mums who i am you know really lucky to be friends with who just get on and do it when you're battling all the other things that we do in our yeah. lives too yeah, I think that is you're all my inspiration for this podcast. I mean, um, from the moment I met all of you, it's I've just been blown away by how hard you work and the beautiful flowers that you grow for us. And that's why I uh, wanted to start something like this just so I could showcase what you all do and yeah, put it out there in the world. So thank you. And thank you. It is so satisfying to see what you can, you know, you and your fellow um, florists to appreciate what we do, to see what you guys can make with our flowers is, it's just, you know, it, it makes me tear up sometimes. Mm -hmm. I look at them and think, my God, that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I know a little bit of that. It is, yeah, it's a really nice, it's a lovely thing to see what can be created when people are just, you know, putting, putting your heart into something. It is yeah. amazing. 
Well, thank you so much for taking the time out to speak to me. And was there anything you wanted to add, anything I haven't asked you that you wanted to put out there? Uh, I just to say thank you for your championing of, of local growers and and the fact that, you know, you and your your little cohort of you know, of your peers as well who go the extra mile to to use our flowers, it, it means the world to, to me and I know to to you know the other growers in this area. So I really appreciate it and, and thank you for doing this. I think it's a great way to connect people and, and I yeah. I appreciate oh, it. Thank you. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully we can reach a few more people through doing this. So that's all I hope. But, yeah, thank you so much, Lucy. Thank you for talking to me tonight. And I'm so glad that we got this recorded finally. <laughs> <laughs> now we can both relax. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Bex. Lovely yeah, to you talk too. to you. Have a good night. Bye. You too. Bye. A huge thank you to Lucy um, for being on the podcast. You can contact Pennyweight Farm via Instagram at Pennyweight Farm or their website pennyweightfarm.com.au. There you can find bouquet subscriptions and much more. Thank you once again for all your feedback. Um, It really made me quite emotional last week. It's lovely to know that this podcast is at least making a difference for a few people, inspiring a few people. So keep it up. Um, if you would like to be on the show or to talk to me about anything, you can email me at dishthedirtpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find the email in my bio on Instagram at dishthedirt. Or you can review us on Apple Podcasts. It's been so encouraging to see the conversations that are being had in the last week around the flower industry and supporting local Um hopefully this is just the beginning of something really amazing so keep talking keep smiling stay safe and keep being blooming fabulous